Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, guys, we might as well start. Uh, Musi sent me some a very interesting thing, which I'm going to share with you next week. Uh, about Seneca. She sent me some phrases from Seneca, which I thought were sort of interesting. And let us talk about Seneca a little bit. He's a character. He's an interesting character. Uh, but uh, this week, what I want to really do is to read you a Halloween story. Uh, is it four o'clock yet? Is it right on four? Just about that. Yeah. It's about four. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. What am I doing? It's actually 3.59, so I'll wait a second or two in case we get a few more people. But what I want to do this year again, last year I read you a Halloween story. Does anybody remember what it was about? Some of you new people won't. And I have no idea what recording it's in. Uh, I was going to look that up. I had it all. I had all these lessons written down. I can't find my list. So um, I'm going to have to have to look for that. But anyway... I would say somewhere maybe around lesson 11, 12, 13, somewhere around there. I read you a Halloween story last year. Does anybody remember it? No. No. I could probably read it again then. It's about it was about a werewolf. Um, it was from a novel. And the story I'm going to read you today is from the same novel. Uh, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit. I'll wait a second or two just in case we get a few more people uh, in. And uh, uh, by the way, uh, we had some phrases that we can talk about. In the meantime, they're review phrases. Uh, we had uh, a, uh, a phrase, habeas corpus. When we were doing neuter nouns, we had this phrase. We talked about this before. Does anybody remember what habeas corpus means? Habeas corpus. What does that mean? It has something to do with law. I know that. has something to do with what? Yes, it does. It means you may have your body. That is, when you are arrested, you have to be charged with something within a certain amount of time. Or you may have your body and take it where you want. In other words, you have to be let to go free. They just can't throw you in the slammer and leave you in there for days and days hmm. and days. You have the right to take yourself wherever you want. Um, and so, yes, it is a, an expression of law. Uh, a writ of habeas corpus, they say, like you see it on Perry Mason and some of those shows. And the other, uh, there's another phrase I was going to talk about. Now I can't magnum, think what, magnum opus? Magnum opus, yeah, magnum opus. Magnum. A, a magnum opus means a masterpiece. That is a great work. And so if an author writes a great work, it's probably a masterpiece. Uh, and the other place you see the word opus, if any of you are rock and roll fans, there was a song called Opus 17. It came out in 1966 by the Four Seasons. And I don't know why they called it that. I don't, th I don't think it was their 17th song, but that's what they called it anyway. And uh, I don't think back then we knew what opus meant. So uh, anyway. So is, right, Mag well, is Magnum the um, great or is open? Yes, great work. Okay. And okay. the thing, the reason I gave you that phrase, 
is that the magnum, you might forget that opus is a neuter noun because it looks like a regular old nominative masculine noun, but it's neuter and the magnum will show you that. And oh. so that's why I like to put that phrase in. Uh, all right. Well, let me talk a little bit about this Halloween story I'm going to read to you. Um, there is a book in Bookshare called The Satyricon and the Apocalocentosis. Don't worry, don't worry about that, that other big word. But what this is, it's actually two works that have been translated from Latin into English by a guy named Steve, uh, by a guy named uh, John Sullivan. And uh, the Apocalocentosis is about Seneca. So I'll talk about it next week when I talk about, uh, when I talk about the thing Musi sent us. But I want to talk about the Satyricon. The Satyricon is a very interesting work. It's one of the first novels ever written. It's the first Latin novel ever written, certainly. And it basically is a little bit like Huckleberry Finn in the sense that, you know, can you imagine what, if any of you have ever read Huckleberry Finn, what if the only part of Huckleberry Finn you had was the part where the Duke and the King uh, come on the scene and that little part there with a bit, the part there where they, uh, try to trick these people out of their money. You remember that part? They they go to these widow, these young orphans or these young girls try to trick them out of their money and get caught and all that kind of stuff. What if that's the only part of Huckleberry Finn that we had? And what if we only had little bits of the rest of it? Maybe a little scene here, a little scene there. And that's what we've got with the Satyricon. The biggest part of it is an account of a dinner party. And this dinner party is given by a guy named Tramalchio. And Tramalchio used to be a slave. So his education is not very good. But he got he 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 was freed from being a slave. And then he invested some money and was able to build up a huge fortune. And so he's gotten to be hugely filthy rich, but he doesn't know much. And uh, some of the fun is these guys go to a dinner at his house and all the kind of dumb things that he does. Um <laughs> And uh, all the bad puns that he makes and that kind of thing. Um, and so it's it's fun uh, to read that part. And that part is is where these stories come from. While they're at the dinner, two guests tell stories. And one of them is the guy that told the story about the werewolf last year, which we read. And this year, we're going to hear a story about witches, which I'm going to read you in just a minute. Um, and so the longest part of the novel that we have is this part about the dinner. Now, we have more of the novel, but it's kind of fragmentary. Like there's one part where it says, the moon shone brightly and she, gap in text. And you don't know what she did, but you have an idea. It might have been kind of interesting. Um, and then you have some extremely, and I will be honest with you, you have some extremely obscene parts mm. that that are there. But they're not, uh, they're not very coherent because you, you get them, but they, they're... You don't get the novel as a whole. The longest part is this dinner party. And that to me has always been the most interesting part. And it's not, in, it's not, it's not obscene and it's, it's fine. Um, if I had gotten my PhD, I might've really dug into this work. I always found it very interesting. And actually, as it was, I did write a paper on it not so long ago when I took a graduate course. Uh, so I find it a, a very interesting work and it is in Bookshare called the Satyricon. The author is a guy named Petronius. But let me go ahead and, and read you 
this story about the witches being told by the guests, by being told by the host of the dinner, Trimalchio. He's going to tell you this story. And you'll notice this sounds like a person who's not terribly well educated. It's exactly <laughs> the way he would he would talk. And when, if you actually read this in Latin, he makes all kinds of mistakes. He messes up his passives and his actives and tenses. And you can see where they're making it look like a, a not very well educated person would write. Um, but anyway, here's this story that this guy tells. He says, excuse me. Uh, oh, I got to go back a little bit. Wait a minute. Let me just look up the word horrible. <laughs> the first word of this story is horrible. So here it is. Okay. Now I'll tell you a horrible story myself. A real donkey on the roof. I suppose that means like a real, a real weird story. When I was still in long hair, you see, I led a very soft life from my boyhood. The master's pet slave died. He was a pearl, honest to God, a beautiful boy and one of the best. Well, his poor mother was crying over him and the rest of us were deep in depression. When the witches suddenly started howling, you would have thought that a dog was after a, hat, uh, after a hare. At that time, we had a Cappadocian chap, a tall, a very brave old thing, quite a strong man. He could lift an angry ox. This fellow rushed outside with a drawn sword, first wrapping his left hand up very carefully. And he stabbed one of the women right through the middle, just about here. Oh, may no harm come to where I'm touching. We heard a groan, but naturally, I'm not lying. We didn't see the things themselves. Our big fellow, however, once he was back inside, threw himself on his bed. His whole body was black and blue, as though he had been whipped. The evil hand, you see, had been put on it. We closed the door and went back to what we had to do, comforting the mother. But as the mother puts her arms around her son's body, she touches it and finds it's only a handful of straw. It had no heart, nor insides, nor anything. Of course, the witches had already stolen the boy, and put a straw baby in its place. I put it to you, you can't get away from it. There are such things as women with special powers and midnight hags that can turn everything upside down. But that great tall fellow of ours never got his color back after what happened. In fact, not many days later, he went crazy and died. There we go. Now, I want to say one more thing about these witches. Uh, you know, witches, witchcraft is something that goes back to mythology. You remember that in mythology, you have Medea, who was a witch, and you have Circe, who was a witch. And in real Roman times, 
of course, some people believed in the gods and goddesses, and some people believed in philosophy of different kinds, Stoicism or, or uh, 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 Epicureanism. But there were some people who were not well-educated who believed in superstitions, and one of the superstitions they believed in was witchcraft. They believed that people could take certain substances or certain things and cause things to happen by using those substances, much as someone might think that could happen today. Horace, the poet Horace, wrote a poem which very few people ever read. It's a very horrible poem. Uh, and most of his poems are wonderful, but that one, this one is not. And it's from the point of view of little of a little boy, maybe a seven or eight-year-old boy, who has been buried up to his waist in someone's backyard, and he is being left there to starve to death. Oh. And the oh. reason that and the reason that they're doing it is the woman who's doing this to him, she wants to let him starve to death. Then she wants to take his liver out and use it to make a love potion to give to her boyfriend, hoping that she can make him fall in love with her. What? And Horace says it's the whole thing is worthless because the guy that she's trying to attract isn't worth a dag on anyway. So, you know, she's she's killing this guy for no purpose. I mean, for, so it's it's a pretty gruesome poem. But uh, that just shows you that, you know, some Romans had this belief. There's another there's another charm uh, that 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 we have written on stone that, that you could read if you wanted to, where this guy is in love with this girl. And he writes a charm. He makes this charm or this curse. And it basically says something like, may, whatever her name is, whatever you want to call her, Jane, may she fall in love with me and only be in love with me and not be in love with anyone else and only talk to me and only be attracted to me and blah, blah, blah. And it goes on like, you know, I hope that I, I, I'm, I'm laying this charm on her, like putting this curse on her so that she will only be interested in me and not in anyone else and will only talk to me for the rest uh, of her life. Yep. Now you got to wonder, <laughs> I don't think it worked. I don't think it worked, but that's what he was trying to do. That's what he was trying to do. So, you know, th they did have these beliefs and these superstitions in addition to, um, in addition to mythology and in addition to these other things. And this comes out in this particular story. Um, you know, these witches came along, they came to steal this dead body because why they wanted to use it for something. Um, wow. In Ovid, there's a section where he describes Medea uh, taking all these different ingredients and trying to make uh, different things happen with these ingredients. Dido at one point tries to use magic to make Aeneas fall back in love with her. <laughs> so a lot of times this witchcraft was to make someone fall in love. And they did have some substance that they thought would make you fall in love. Um, Lucretius, who is a poet, supposedly went insane from drinking a, a love potion like this. So whatever it was, it must have been pretty powerful stuff. But uh, anyway, so that's just a little uh, little view of, of some super superstitions. Uh, that the Romans had. Perfect for Halloween, right? Right. Perfect for Halloween, yeah. Right. All right. Well, let's look at our at our lesson today. We don't have too long a lesson in, in a way.
But more practice on the genitive case. We spent three weeks on this genitive case. You guys ought to know it back and forth by now. But um, what I want to talk about now is the top of your lesson 50, letter D. We didn't get a chance last week to, to translate letter D uh, at all, which says... Wait a minute, letter D. Letter, letter D. D. It Wait says exercise. Thank you. It says exercises, letter D. I have A. No, put it in the machine. This oh. is at the top now, not the bottom. The top. Oh. The top. It's right after your reading. It's right after your reading. Let me see what's... Uh, Actually, it's right after they give you, I give you all these singular nouns like deace. It's right after the accusative of deace. Okay. Uh, where I show you all the declensions. I reviewed them for you. It says translate and then it says. Oh, yeah, I got it. Okay. Translate. A number, number of girls, girls praise okay. the poets. Okay. Got it. Okay. How would I say a number of girls praise the Praises, by the way, how come it's a number of girls' <laughs> praises and not a number of girls' praise? Did I make a mistake? Collective noun. Yes, a number praises. That's why in English it's correct to say some of us, really it's correct to say some of us knows or one of us knows, not some of us know, because mm -hmm. the of us makes you trick, makes you think it's plural when it's really singular. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a number of girls. How do we say a number? Um, Anybody remember? Magnus? Numerous. Numerous. Numerous? Numerous of girls. There's your genitive. Plural. Coeli. Well, that would be of girl. A -E oh, A-R-U-M. Yes. Numerous puellarum. Okay. Now we're going to leave the verb till the end. Poets. Uh, poeta. 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 Us. A-S. Yes. Y-A-S. Y-A-S. Accusative plural. Yes. Direct object. Oh, okay. If you don't put the A-S on it, what you've actually said is something like a number of girls. The poets. Uh-huh. Praise. Oh, uh, and that, that if you, so you can make it to direct object, you've got to put the A-S on it. And then praises. How do we uh, say praises? Uh, loud dot. Loud, loud dot. D-A-T. Because a number praises. It's singular. Loud oh, dot. singular. Oh, I did yep. that. Okay. Okay. The sailor walks to the shore of the sea and sees a wolf. <laughs> oh, my. Nauta. Nauta is correct. Now we're going to leave the verb out to the shore. Auditorum. Odd. You're almost there, Musi. Odd <laughs> plus accusative. The accusative of litus is litorum. It's litus. It's neuter. Odd litus. Odd litus of the sea. Is that Mar Maris? Maris. 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 I ask because it's third declension. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, walks. <laughs> <laughs> Ambu Ambu what? Lot. Ambu lot. Okay. And sees a wolf. A wolf? Uh Lupum. Yep. Lupum. Weed it. Yep. V-I-D-E-T. We did. Okay, so the sentence reads 
Nauta Adletus Ambulat, I'm sorry, Nauta Adletus Morris Ambulat at Lupum with it. Uh-huh. There we go. Okay, number three. The girl is desirous of a letter. <laughs> the girl. Puella. Yep. Puella. <laughs> is. Est. Est. Desirous. Uh, desirous. What is that? I forgot. Desire? Desire? It's cupidus. Cupidus. But Cupid. since it's a girl, you got to say cupida. Puella okay. est cupida. Cupida. Of a letter. Epistulae. Epistulae. Yeah, epistulae of a letter. All right. The boy is full of hope. One more. Puer. Puer. Space. Space Est is full of plainus, plainus, puer est plainus, spei, s-p-e-i, spei, puer est plainus, spei. All right. Now, this reading, we have a reading here, and we've we've seen this reading before. Those of you who have been with me, we read this reading a long time ago. But what we didn't do was we didn't answer questions in Latin on it. And so that's why I've given it to you again. And this reading is a good reading because it shows you who our family is that we talk about a lot. So let me read this to you and we'll stop as we go along and answer questions in Latin. It says, it's called Familia Romana. Hic est nostra familia romana. We're familiae est Lucius, Marcius, Calus, est Agricola, et agros arat. So he is a farmer and plows uh, the the uh, the fields. Okay, somebody was asking about that word fields. Servus Lucius Dawis, Dawis des Pigare, et labrare <laughs> nonama. You know what Pigare means? Lazy. Lazy. Said dominum et familiam amat et familiam uare wult. Uh, Uxor luci est paula. paula. Tres liberos habet. Filius. Uh, Filius pali est luci. Uh, I'm sorry. Filius pali et luci est publius. Est puer Industrious at bonus said, Ludum non amat, quod magister es severus et gravis, saipe publium et alteros pueros verberat. Si literas non bene non disquant. Okay, now here's where it talks about the sisters. Sorores publi sunt marcia et secunda. Marcia animalia amat et wakas curat. Est sponsa. 
Meritus futurus marcii est Gaius. Gaius des miles et in Graecia nunc est. Maltas epistulas marcii scribit. Marcia epistulas saipe amicae uniae legit. Uh, now, altera soror publi est secunda. Parvu puella est et galin, galinas, galinas curat. Amica secundae est flavia. Flavia est impetua et omnia quae putat statem dicet. Uh, that's kind of interesting. She is impetuous and says everything that she thinks. That's the first thing that she thinks. All right, let's stop right there and go down and look at some of these questions just to see if we can answer these questions using the genitive case. Number one says, quis est uxor marki? Quis est uxor marki? What does that question mean? Uh, who, is, who is the wife of Marcus? Oh, no. Yep, yeah. who is the wife of Marcus? Who is Marcus's wife? All right, what would you say in Latin? Paula est uxor marki. Good. Paula, Paula est Paula, uxor marki or uxor marki est Paula. You could say it either way. Either way. All right, good. Number two. Closely, quote, quote, how many that means. Quote, liberi. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Quote, liberi. That's a mistake, by the way. That should say, quote, liberos. Quote, liberos. Paula et Marcius habent. Mm-hmm. Quote liberos. How, How many, many children? Oh, three. <laughs> Trace. Trace <laughs> liberos habent. Okay. Quis est soror Marcii? Who is the sister Marcus? Who's Paula? Marcus? No. Secunda and. Uh, Secunda. Uh, What's the other one? Marcia. Secunda et Marcia. Okay. All right. Sunt, Secunda et Marcia sunt sorores publi. Publi. Qui sunt sorores? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I skipped one here, didn't I? Quis est soror Marcii? That's, that's number three. Quis est soror Marcii? Soror Marcii est secunda, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then qui, qui sunt sorores publi? Sorores publi sunt secunda et Marcia. Quis est... Uh, quis est publi? Publi. Publi servos. Uh, Publius est filius. Est filius. I'm sorry. Quis sunt servi familia? Quis sunt servi familia? That's Davis. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Davis. Dawis, Dawis says Sarah was familia. Dawis et Lydia. Lydia et Dawis sunt Sarawi familia. Qui sunt canes familia? Who are the dogs? Um, Bella. Bella et Victor? No, not Victor. That was in last week's reading. Bella et Argus. Bella at Argus sunt canes familia. Remember, Argus is the one that way back we read about her, him saving the, the girls when they got lost. Quis es sponsa marcia? Sponsa marcia. What's sponsa mean? 
happens. Who is the betrothed? Who is the betrothed uh, to Marcia? Oh, uh, um, Gaius. Gaius, yes, Gaius, and Ubi est nunc. Ubi, Ubi est. Where is he now? In Gracia. In Gracia, good. Gracia, very good, very good, very good, very good. Okay, any questions on that? Ooh. That's hard to do, and I usually don't answer questions in Latin because a lot of times just throwing words around, but that does give us a little practice on the genitive to uh, to answer those questions. <sighs> okay, okay, similarities in form, nominative plural versus genitive singular. They both end in A-E in first declension. They both end in I in second declension. So how are you going to tell whether you've got a nominative plural or a genitive singular? That's a tricky thing, and it takes some practice to do. Uh, Gary, um, mm -hmm. Carla has her hand raised. But I'm having extreme trouble with my computer. I can't seem to. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm sorry yeah. about hear that. Carla, yeah. did you have a question? She probably can't get unmuted. Carla? Is anyone hearing me at all? Yes. Yes, I am. Oh, good. Okay, yeah, good. This is, yeah, I hear you. Okay. Well, if Carla yeah, can... I can unmute, so I don't, I don't know. Well, maybe she got... You know, sometimes you can. I, if, you don't, if you don't remember to push that got it button, sometimes you can't unmute. I did do the got it, but the problem is, is when I tried doing that screen share thing, I got it all screwed up. I did something wrong, so oh. I'm sorry. I don't oh, even know look, how to it, screen. I don't know how to screen share. So you're a, you've got no more than I do. Well, <laughs> it, it it listen. We're all in this thing together. You know what I mean? We're all in this thing. This technology thing is it gets us all sometimes. Right. Let me I'm, see. It, let me see if I can figure out what's going on. If it's okay. Sure. And just as you think you know, just when you think you know what you're doing, that's when you mess up. I mean, I'm doing that. <laughs> that's true. What, what uh, Carrie, what window are you in now? Uh, sign in with Apple Button is where it's got me at. Oh, wow. I don't have, but okay. Anyway, what will you want to be? You want to be in Zoom, in Zoom meeting. I that's am. I am. It's just that it's all screwed up. It's best just to let you guys go ahead. And I'll figure it out afterwards. Okay. Can you hear me now? Now, there we go, Carla. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't find that got it button, and I had to do F6ing around. I will, I will say that right now, currently, your screen share is still is still up. So, uh, if you in the if, if you in, in the if I if I can talk if you're in the room uh, the Zoom meeting now, okay. Uh, if you hit Alt S, that should stop it. That should do no, what? No, it didn't. It didn't do it. That should stop your screen share. Yeah. No, no, it didn't do it. It's okay. it's really screwed up. At least you guys can. <laughs> are you on a Mac? Are you are you on Apple or are you on Windows? No, no I'm on Windows. It's just that okay. something got screwed up because I did the screen share wrong. It's my mistake. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, we'll forgive you because <laughs> it might be my mistake next week. I tried to sing on uh, the gospel sing on Sunday night and botched it all up. So, oh, uh, <laughs> so we finally got, got it done. But uh, uh, Carla, did you want to ask a question? Yes, I did. Um, mm -hmm. In the story, <clears throat> sorry, 
Bertha the bullfrog is back big time today. Oh, we like him. We like her. Anyhow, like her. Um, um, my question was right at the beginning of the story. You have heek, um, and I'm curious about when is it and when is that not written with that accent, with that okay. mark? If I'm it's written it. heek with the accent, if it's written heek, it means here. If it's written without the accent, hick, it means this. Oh, Oh, and I'll tell you a way to remember that. My Carroll County students came up with a brilliant way to remember that. They said Carroll County is a bunch of hicks around here. So this hick, that's how you can remember <laughs> hick means this. This hick. Okay. So, oh, okay. Because I that that just confused the heck out of me. Yeah, he got to be here, and hick is this. That's one time the long mark can help you. You know, if you have that hick, it means here. Whereas if you just have hick, it means this. So how do you use that hick? Like here is or here are, like the same way you would say here in English. But isn't that similar to the use of this in that sentence? I mean, um, yes, it. How kind do you of, say here and there? Here and there. Elik, Elik is there, Ilique and Heek is, is here. Here, okay. And that's I one word for it. Figured anyway. out how to get that macron, how or how to um, produce these things because I oh, I can tell you how to do it on a Mac. I can tell you, Carla, I have a whole list of them. Okay, for the Windows computer that I can send you, but they're a pain in the butt to do. You gotta okay. hit. You gotta type a certain thing and then type a number. On the Mac, it's much easier. All you do on the Mac is hold your letter down that you want to type the accent of. And then when it goes, bloop, bloop, you hit a number. And if you oh, okay. write down the numbers, you, you have got to use it. those old code things. You don't have any um, control character um, sets for those. You mean on the Mac? On the, or uh, you mean on the, on the Windows computer, I used to do it like for the Agu accent in French, you would do, what was it? Uh, control apostrophe, I think, and then you hit the yep. E. Yes, that, something they like don't that. have any of those for them. The, no, the well, it no, it's not exactly like that. They may exist on the Windows, but if they do, I don't know. It, you yeah. know, something I never even knew how to do them through my entire teaching career. I always use the underscore which was a real pain because you couldn't always get it in the right place. No, I know that. I gave up on that. But uh, after I finished teaching, Ninette found a list of them somewhere, and that's how I learned them. I'll send that to you just so you'll have it. Okay, thank uh, you. If you ever want to use it. Sorry about all this, but I, I that that has always been something I've been curious about. Never really Heek and hick. Well, and that's one time when the long mark really does. If I had it to do again, I would work much harder on learning long marks than I did. Now there was only a few places where we had to learn long marks, and that's why I taught my students. Mostly, I didn't right. make them, but now I kind of think. It's good to know these right, long marks because right. well, it can you. be a help to you. Thank you so much for taking mm -hmm. the time to answer that. Oh, sure. Thank you so much for taking the time to ask. <laughs> um, uh, so how are we going to tell whether a word is nominative, plural, or genitive singular? Well, here's a way. The genitive singular is usually a phrase using another noun like the father of the daughter or the farmer's daughter that is the daughter of the farmer you're usually going to have two words together and that'll help you decide if you have two nouns together like that and the second one is looks like it might be a genitive chances are it is 
And usually the genitive comes after the noun that it describes. Usually, I won't say always, but like nine times out of 10, it will. Um, whereas the nominative plural, you're going to see a plural verb. And that's how you're going to tell. Uh, not that you can have a plural verb with a, with a, a genitive phrase, because you could. But with a plural noun, you're usually going to have a noun, a plural verb, and something else that's totally unrelated. You're not usually going to have two nouns. You could, but it looks a lot different, as you'll see uh, when you get into it. Now, you could also mix up the second declension genitive plural with the accusative. Uh, I'm sorry, a second declension accusative with a third declension genitive plural. They both end in U-M. But again, you're going to see a phrase with the genitive. Whereas, you know, like pater, um, pater hominum, father of the men, or pater uxorum, father of the wives. You're going to see a phrase. And that's how you'll be able to, to do it. And, and the best thing, really, the best answer of all is really... Know your declensions. Know your noun declensions. If you know the declension that a noun is in, then you'll always I, be able to figure it out. I got it, it now. <laughs> hey, you got it? You want to yep. play it for us or not? Well, no, I don't want to do that because <laughs> I'm in the participant list. So that's, that's lucky to be there right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I won't uh, I won't fuss with you because, like I said, I think we've all we've all been there. You know, you, you got to say, what do you think the Romans would think? What do you think Petronius would think if he knew that I read part of his book to you today on in a country he never heard of, using a system that he never heard of? He would think that was magic. He, he would, yes. Yeah. He, would, he would think that was magic. We would uh, be would witches. Be, yeah, <laughs> he, would, he would really think that was witches, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's incredible when you really think about this stuff, you know, that these guys... And it, it kind of, you know, Carla, you and I are writing things, books, and it makes you stop to wonder, you know, will anyone read our books 2,000 years from now or whatever? Will anyone be reading what 200. we wrote 2,000 years? No, from? they'll just be transferring thoughts. Now that could be true, too. <laughs> yeah, or somebody will be saying back, you know, 200 years hence, uh, I wonder what this Gary LeGates and Carla Hayes would think of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would they think of this if they, if they knew? <laughs> so it, it kind of blows your mind when you really think about this. Uh, you know, I mean, think of somebody like the Apostle Paul who wrote all these letters in the Bible. Could he have ever believed that those letters that he worked so hard on and sent to one particular church would be read in a country he never even heard of using um, uh, methods of, of reading and writing and printing and so forth yeah. that, he, that he never even imagined. Yeah. Uh, it, it blows your what mind. What would they think of Braille? Of Braille, oh, yeah. Sorry. He would never have. A, a blind person would not read. No, a blind person wouldn't be educated. No. Well, they I disagree with that. They might be. Uh, <laughs> I, I disagree with that because the John chapter nine, that blind person was educated. Just was because they were blind, just because they were blind didn't mean they weren't educated. He was pretty smart. Uh, yes. I don't know how well he was educated, but he certainly was smart. Yeah. And of course, Homer, 
you know, Homer I was didn't smart mean enough. that they weren't smart. I meant that a lot of times they wouldn't be given the privilege of formal education. I think were, I think it depends on the family. I think his parents educated right. him. It right. would. And if you had parents that if you could get a slave that could read to the kid and, and uh, so forth, right. uh, you know, you could. But. I don't know that they ever had a system of Braille or I don't no, know if they ever, no, they no. may have, you know, who's to say that some enterprising person didn't come up with a raised print system that some blind person used at some point. But then again, it wasn't until recently that blind people could take part in uh, modern education without um, right. sighted assistance. That's true so. too. Right. Look what they is, told Stevie Wonder. His teacher said he would never amount to anything. That he right. would do weaving and things like that, but yeah. he never really amount to anything, and that's yeah. just the way it was. And I know that uh, the professor told Ronnie Millsap that he better just go home. He'd never make it in country music. <laughs> is that right? Well, you know Lucille that's, Ball. Y'all know who Lucille Ball is, right? Yeah. She was out of uh, acting school. Of uh, yeah, but she wasn't a blind person. No, no I right. mean, but people make these mistakes all the time right, about people. Right. Listen, what about is, Homer? How did Homer? This is Musi. I just want to say that I think the ancient people had more room in their brains because they memorized huge yeah. songs. And we can't even memorize, you know, half a verse. Well, That's I true. think they I think they use their brains more. Uh, I think we are so uh, technology connected right. that we don't know how to memorize or we don't decide to do it. But anyway, well, they didn't have the reading material like, you know, no, right. everybody had a copy of everything. Right. They so had to memorize had... it. Yes. Well, how did Homer do what he did? Well, that's a good question. Um, in the first place, was there really a Homer? That's another <laughs> thing. You know, the, the tradition says he was well, a blind guy that wrote stuff down. There's a tradition that says, you know, a lot of cities honor Homer dead, where in real life he begged his bread. Um, you know, everybody wants to say, Homer was from here. Homer was from here. Well, I mean, he was alive. He had to beg to just make a living. Um, you know, I, I don't, the only thing I can say is maybe he went blind and already knew how to write and so could write, but couldn't have read what he wrote or he didn't really, he wasn't really blind. It's a whole bunch of people. That what put about it he had a secretary to write for him? Yeah. Emanuensis, right? Well, he could have had that. He could have dictated it to him or her. Yeah. that That's possible too. Probably him. Because, you know, Milton went blind and he um, dictated Paradise Lost to his daughters. Yeah. And they wrote yeah. it down. That's That's true too. So, you know. Who knows how Homer did what he did? We don't know. And we don't even know who he really was. Um, and there's all kind of theories about that, whether these poems were handed down in tradition and then put together by one particular person who is who we know as Homer or whether, uh, you know, Homer really wrote them. And, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, you know, I vote for Homer. I think there was a Homer. I like to yeah, think, I think there, there was. was too. I like to think there was a Homer. I like to think there was, but I really don't know. You know, a lot of cultures they had the oral narrative, though, even with sighted people. I mean, that's how that's right. how stuff was passed down from generation to generation. That's true, Beth. Yeah, that's exactly like right. like Alex Haley when he found you know it shows 
And it says that in the book when he went to see that man, that man t- kept telling him generations of generations of people that, and he almost missed it because he said, you know, and then, and then he, it came to him and he said, what? Did it say it again? And then the guy said it again, you know, but he had to go back through all that oral, ner- you know, and he was getting tired and he said, can he please speed it up? You know, and they said, no, he has to go by, you know, generation by generation. Uh-huh. <laughs> who was who that? Was that? Who, who were you talking about? Who was that? You was- Alex, Alex Haley. Roots. What? The guy that wrote Roots when he went to the African oh, man yeah. to. Oh, my goodness. Gary, what do you want me to do about Mike? He's calling. Don't oh, answer that phone. I mean, don't answer it. Push the button on. I can't. <laughs> I don't. I, That's all I'll get. Oh, it stopped. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's your cell phone, and I'm not. So, yeah, I think Homer could have uh, dictated that stuff to to somebody, and then they wrote it down and stuff. Well, Paul had a sight ah. issue. Paul had a sight issue. I mean, in Galatians, he says, I wrote a big letter to you. That letter is not big. Sorry about that, guys. My phone rang, and I couldn't, and I didn't have it with me, so it was making all kind of racket. No um, worries. Anyway, but see, see, Homer was Was that Sharon talking? Hmm. No, it's Jessica. Oh, okay. Now, um, it's no, interesting. I, you were talking about learning. It's interesting how differently people learned even a century or even, you know, right. 70 years ago. I had a professor in college who was Mr. R.D. Williams, who wrote a big two-volume work on Virgil. And he was from England. And he said when he was 15 years old, he memorized, they made them memorize almost all of book four of the Aeneid. He could recite, he could recite the Aeneid to you. But he said he never had biology or he never had chemistry. And some of us said you didn't miss anything, but uh, (laughs) it was a different system. It was my college professor never had biology. And I think he was always sorry. He always said, I wish I'd had biology. And we always said, Nah, you're better <laughs> off what you had. But anyway, that depends on your <laughs> point of view, you know. But people learned differently back then. They they definitely did. Mm-hmm. Um, in Roman schools, they certainly learned uh, differently. They, you know, they read certain books and talked about those books. And uh, there is one subject that Roman boys and girls learned that you all have never studied, though that I don't think anyone today has ever studied. Although if you went to Westminster high school, you might say you studied it. And that was the subject of being able to withstand heat and cold. What? <laughs> that was a subject. Oh, yeah. In other words, I they remember. Would, I guess they would take them out and make them be outside a while and have to deal with cold and then make yeah. them stay out in the sun because it was something they would have to do in heat. And that's one of the things they mentioned. Several people mentioned that their children learn to deal with heat and cold. And I always laugh because my classroom, if you were in my classroom, you dealt with cold because that is pretty cold in there sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's, it's, it's just interesting the you know, the way they, they, they study different things. So. Um. I was just saying that Paul in the book of Galatians, he says this, I wrote in such a big letter to you. That letter is not big. It's actually very small. Um, so it, it could be a lot of his letters he dictated to people. 
Um, I think he might have had visual issues. Apostle yes. Paul, I'm talking about. They think that the that when he says that, what big letters he mean? They mean on the signature when he signed it, he signed it with great big letters because he couldn't see right, yeah. right, and that's that's right, and that's what they think. Maybe maybe that was his, as he calls it, his thorn in the flesh was right. that he had a visual mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. And people huh. don't like to think like that because how dare Apostle be partially sighted? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyway. That's right. No, that's right. Uh, you're talking about blind people. There's an interesting sentence about blind people that someone wrote in Latin, and it's kind of interesting how they felt about them. And the sentence is, Caeci ducem quadrant, no sine duce erramos, which means blind people seek a guide, but we wander without a guide. (laughs) That's kind of funny when you really think about it. You know, they, they call it, well, at least blind people have enough sense to know they need a guy. Sighted sighted (laughs) people could learn so much from the blind if they would just take the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Uh, Gary, it's about a quarter till. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Do y'all want to sing? Do y'all want to sing Alma Mater or not? I want to listen to you sing it. Oh, you want to listen to me sing it? Okay. Well, let's sing it together. You can you can mute, but but here it is. Ready? Sung to the tune of Marilyn, my Marilyn. Remember, or old Christmas tree, old Christmas tree, whatever. Alma mater aldinos omnes te laudantes cordibus laetissimos omnes te amantes gloriam well maximum. Tibiet perpetuum, nos redemus gratiam, alma mater cara, alma mater omnia, nobisquai dedisti, pocrasunt et optima, benedocuisti, artes et scientiam, veritatem integram, fidem vel sanctissimam, Alma mater cara. There we go. And it won't be long for we'll be singing Christmas carols. Won't be long. So we can look forward to that. 62 days till Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. And next week, uh, once again, next week, I'm going to teach you to say a grace in Latin for some of us that are new, missed that last year. In case you want to impress your Thanksgiving table companions with how much Latin you've learned. Uh, next week, we'll start working on how to say a grace in Latin, if you want to do that. All right. Now, I thought we would, in a little bit of time we have left, continue with our Roman history. And by the way, uh, this week, you've got exercises here. You've got, uh, at the very end of this lesson, you have some sentences to translate, and you have some declensions to do. And the sentences all have you have to figure out whether they're genitive singulars or nominative plurals. So you don't have too much work to do this. I'm just beginning to understand declensions finally. (laughs) I'm not there yet. Declensions are are something, it's so different from anything we have to deal with. Yeah. Uh, That, you know, but that's why, that's why I think Latin is such a good language because when you finish fooling around with Latin, you really know language and you really know how they work and you really know grammar and uh, it can do so much good. For right. You. Thank you. Uh, anyway, 
let's talk a little bit about a Roman history. Now, remember we had gotten to the we had gotten to the fifth king had gotten assassinated. Remember that, mm-hmm. and the sixth king took over because the queen kind of held off announcing the death of the fifth king until the sixth king was established in his office. Now, this fifth, this sixth king, remember, had been a slave at one time, and so he. Uh, was some people really looked down on him because of that, but he really was a pretty doggone good king. He did a lot of good things. Um, he uh, really uh, took the first census in Rome that ever was taken. The Romans got to be quite famous for taking censuses, and he took the first one to find out how many Romans could fight, how many were of military age, that kind of stuff. And uh, He was really a pretty well-liked king, and the worst problem he had came from his own family because he had two daughters, and he married these two daughters to the sons of the fifth king. Well, you can imagine this is going to cause some problems because the sons of the fifth king really thought they should have been king, not him. And one of his daughters was a real sweet little girl, but the other one was kind of a spitfire. And so the daughter, who was a real sweet little girl, married a real ambitious son of the fifth king. The girl who was a spitfire married a real easygoing son of the fifth king. And so you can tell these two aren't going to get along too well. And so the girl that was a spitfire and the guy that was real ambitious, they decided they wanted to be together because they were more alike. And so they murdered their mates and they got together. And uh, so then. um, How'd they murder him? I don't know. It doesn't say. I don't know how they did it. Uh, I don't know how they got away with it. I guess she gave him some poison food. I don't know. Yeah, poison. Anyway, they got rid of their they got rid of their. uh, So so basically, you know, it's like your sister's husband. You like better than you like your own. He likes you better than he likes his own wife. So just murder them and get together. Anyway, um, so they get together and the son of the fifth king works it out so that he uh, assassinates the sixth king one day in the Senate. He just assassinates him and throws him out on the ground. And then this very nice daughter of his comes along in her chariot and forces her chariot driver to run over her father's body and kill him, which was like about as sacrilegious as you could get. Due to your father. And then the seventh king took over. The the son of the fifth king becomes the seventh king. His name will be Lucius Tarquinius Superbus, which means Tarquin the Proud. And he will rule for, oh, maybe 20 years, but he will not last because of his son. His youngest son was a guy named Sextus. That's going to be a good name for him, as you're going to see. Sextus uh, decided that he was madly in love with his cousin's wife. Her name was Lucretia. And he decided he just had to have her. So one day while her husband was away helping fight a war, he goes to her house and she doesn't think anything of it. He's a friend of her husband. He's a cousin of her husband. So she lets him in. But in the dead of night, he comes to her room and tells her how much he loves her. And she says, no, 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 this can't happen. So then he basically says, 
honey, either you do what I want or I'll put a slave, I'll kill you and I'll put a slave next to your dead body. And your husband will think that you were unfaithful to him with a slave. And so he gets her way. She get he gets his way. He rapes her and then goes out of town. But she doesn't let that stop her. She calls her husband and her father to come and see her. And she tells them what happened, that the son of the of the king raped her. And before they can stop her from doing it, she commits suicide. And this so inflames a guy by the name of Junius Brutus that he gets an army together and forms an army and leads it against the seventh king and overthrows the king. And there will never again in Rome be kings because they hate the idea of kings. Anyone could treat a woman like that. They hate that and they overthrow the kingship. And a new form of government is started called the Republic. Now, let me tell you a funny story about this guy, Brutus. This guy, Brutus, when the seventh king took over, anybody who was related to the king's family, you know, the other king was killed. So Brutus knew that he could be murdered because he was in that family. So he did something very clever. He pretended to be like dumb. He pretended to be stupid. He did dumb things. He acted real stupid and, you know, just acted like a like a retarded fool. So they said, well, let's leave this guy alive because he's a barrel of laughs. You know, I'm sorry. That's the way they used to look at it, right? If you were handicapped or if you were limited, they thought that was funny. And so they left him alive and they called him Brutus, which means dummy. Well, one day the king of Rome saw a snake in his palace and he didn't know what that meant. That upset him. So he sent his sons to consult the oracle. And so his sons took old dummy along with them, because after all, who could you get to have more fun with on a trip than take dummy with you? So they took Brutus with them and they went to the Oracle. And after they asked about the snake that was in the palace, they asked their own question. They said, which of us boys is going to be the next king? And the Oracle gave a weird answer. It said, whoever of you kisses your mother first will be the next king. Well, those boys took off to get back to Rome first to be the first to kiss their mother because they figured whoever kissed their mother first was going to be king. You know what old dumb Brutus did? Old dumb Brutus, they laughed their hearts out when they saw him do this. Brutus bent down and kissed the ground because he said, the earth is my mother. And guess what? Those boys never got to be king. Uh Brutus doesn't get to be king either, but he will become the first consul in the new government. And so he will become in charge. And so he did the right thing. (laughs) There we are. All right, I'm going to stop here and we'll talk about the Republic next week and about this new form of government and see how it's like what we have today as a government, because people who formed the Constitution use this Roman Republican government as a kind of a model for our government. 